Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. your story that's ridiculous i've got no reason to tell this story none we've got no reason to do this podcast really (laughs) (laughs) so i was driving the other day and i remembered this story from my childhood that isn't really even that interesting but i felt a strong urge to share and also get your opinion on it we're here for it (laughs) do tell so i went to a school that was very liberal and progressive and even for that school i was a bit much and um, I went to a school called Dunhurst and I think it was one of the first co-education schools in the country so every year we would go on camp and there would be a week where we'd go off and we'd go camping or outdoor things or we'd go to Ironbridge a Victorian every week every year uh, every year and we'd go for one week got it so I'm thinking I'm around 11, 12 at this point, in the height of my disobedience and uh, rebelliousness. I was feeling very stifled. I was feeling very emotional. I was feeling myself. I had grown breasts. And At 11? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 Big had, old to. Tits, I had to, yeah. Big old naturals. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and I'd wear a white tight shirt with no oh, bra. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because you could, because they were all high up <laughs> and free. great. Yeah, just pointy, lovely. Why were you so emotional, little Evan? Now, my if I didn't wear a bra, my breasts would be at the bo- under underneath, hanging out the t-shirt at the Please. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to tuck them into my knickers. It's danger to ourselves. <laughs> Ooh, but at eleven, if anyone's just... interested, they can uh, email the show. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Don't email me. I'm unavailable. Please. We have so many emails. We can't even <laughs> yeah, get through actually, all your questions. No, I actually do need... That's a really good reminder. I, I know. We need to answer, answer the question. question. Okay, so... I'm 12. You were a moody 11-year-old. I'm moody. Well, this isn't very sexy why I'm moody. I mean, I w- it was 11, so it was sexy anyway. But basically, I have endometriosis. Do you know what this is? No. So when you... If any of you are squeamish about periods, which if you are, can you just not stop listening to the show full stop? Just because, go get a drink in the, or something. Yeah, and get a grip as well. Go make a cup of tea and come back. Don't come back if you've got a problem with periods. Grow up. I've got endometriosis. When you have your period, the lining of your uterus sheds. Okay, well, mine doesn't. It gets oh. all stuck in there. Bits come out, bits don't. And there's all these sticky cells like shrapnel in my body and then what starts happening to those sticky cells is they start leaking outside of my uterus and sticking themselves and implanting themselves around my body what parts of your body just your abdomen so it can connect your stomach to something else to the muscle wall so on my right side my muscle wall is attached to some organs there and oh. i get pain if i need to pee really badly it hurts so much because all of the scar tissue is getting ripped. If I eat too much food, anything where things expand and then like contract, it rips the... It's like all day long, every day. Yes. Yes, chronic pain disorder. Now? Well, not right in this moment, but have you ever noticed me go... Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were just doing Michael Jackson. Like, ah. <laughs> ah, I'll get like, you get like shooting pains that go like up your... Vag up your bum and around. Whoa, so that was starting for you at 11? Yeah, because my period came. So as soon as your period comes, this is when all this shit starts happening. Mm -hmm. And my hormones were wackadoodles, wackadoodle ding-dongs. I was very dramatic, more than I am now. Mm -hmm. So anyways, we're on camp, we're in France. It's like the big camp that you do, like, whoa, you've built up and now you get to go into a chateau in France. Yes, it was private school. Yes, I was spoiled. That was my reward. That was my karmic reward for having to put up with my family life and my parents was like, you got to the go least was that I got to go to like a nice private school yeah. and be a boarder and be left in peace. 
So we went to the chateau. What What was the point of going to the chateau? What was the you go and you do like they? It's loosely about being better at French. I mean, come on. So my first mistake was on the ferry, I flashed a passing boat. Did girls join you? Yeah. Yeah. How many of you I got seen by none other than the French teacher, Wendy. She dobbed on me because she's an arc and I got put into a cabin. I wasn't allowed to leave until we got there in case I flashed another boat. I mean, obviously I wasn't... That's amazing. Like, obviously I'm not going to flash another boat. Did you just get put into the cabin or did the other girls get put into the cabin too? The other girls did too, but... Whose idea was it? Probably mine. That one was probably my idea. Not going to lie. That was a very me (laughs) thing to do. I come from a family of flashers. My dad loved flashing. Loved it. So you remember on tour as a kid, there's two, there's like maybe two or three buses. Yeah. And so there's the principals are in one bus Mm -hmm. and then there's crew and band. Right. So. And then there's bitches. And then (laughs) you did the whole bus. And then that was usually like an RV type. (laughs) It was just an RV trailing behind with all the hose in it. So we'd be, sometimes I'd go on the band bus because I loved the band, they were like family, you know. Yeah. I say band. Way I mean, more like, fun than Yeah, the, way more fun than, than the, the star bus. Yeah, boring. They're, Everyone on the band like, bus is... I've got to rest and boring. Yeah. So the band bus is where it's at. So I would frequently go on there and I had a bunk on there and I liked it a lot more. So we would... I was on the band bus one time. This is just an example of my dad's sense of humor. And the principal bus drove by and... My dad's ass is hanging out of the window <laughs> and his bollocks are hanging down. And, and you recognized it? Well, no, it's my dad. He you're loved like, he loved showing dad, his ass. Yeah. He thought it was the funniest thing that he'd be able to drive. Go on, go on, drive up next to them, drive up next to them, honk the horn, honk the horn. Ass and bollocks hanging out. Jesus. That's so that's the family I come from. Flashes. Yeah, I mean time. it's not really your fault. It's not my fault. No. It's I'm innocent. They said, why'd you do that? You should have said, talk to my dad. Yeah, talk to my dad. Good luck getting hold of him. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) That was my first mistake on the trip. I was really, actually, now we're talking about it, very naughty on this trip. We get there. And you know at school, there's like the cool girls, the weirdo girls, the slut girls. The flashers. The flashers, the nerd girls. I was kind of none of them. And all of them. Like, I went between groups. Never the nerd group, though. Um, Are you sure? 100%. Who says? They had, like, very high IQs and neat handwriting. You say you weren't in the No, I really wasn't. They, like, played the cello and shit. Okay. You know, like, they were nerd alerts. I play the cello. (laughs) Moving on. So, there was a lake at the chateau. And... We may have gone down to the lake, snuck down there, and we may have taken all of our clothes off and gone skinny dipping at the lake. In the day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Completely against the rules. You're not allowed to swim without... This was around the time when, like, kids had died at camp on, like, canoeing things and shit. So everyone's on high alert already. So I also may have been the ringleader of that, but I can't... It sounds like something I would have been the ringleader of. It does. Absolutely. Anything with nudity. Yep. Probably me. Yeah. So that was my second mistake. God, I'm already I'm on the, the shit list. I'm the American you. There you go. Oh, I was naked until it got awkward. Yeah. I was like 13, was fully developed. after it got awkward. And my relatives had to tell my ask my parents if they could bring my bathing suit next time I would come over because it was so uncomfortable. Tits. I would just yeah. be running around naked. Yeah, same. I was naked still. in the woods till I was like... 20. I'm still <laughs> naked still in the naked woods. In the I'm still naked in the woods. I'm not going to feel ashamed about my naked body. If you think it's sexual, no. that's your problem. Exactly. If so you think my saggy tits are sexual, that's exactly. your sick problem. That's your freakish thing. <laughs> so you took all these girls down to the lake. And boys. And boys. Yeah, of course. Co-ed. Co-ed trip. Right. Okay. We're wow. skinny dipping. The teacher comes down, and of course, who comes down? The pervy, sexy teacher, the guy that's like the young, sexy teacher who I think turned out to be a pervert. He comes out. He's screaming, "Everyone out of the fucking lake!" Was he speaking it in French? No. 
No, that man definitely well, couldn't. Weren't they tr- he definitely well, couldn't speak French. That trying guy, to get you to speak English. better French on yeah. this trip. He's all, no, no, we, oui, we. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> um, croissant. That's all I know. Croissant <laughs> calls us to get out of the lake. Gives us a f- bollocking, absolute bollocking. And then he's like, while you were naked. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, then. Okay, everyone, I'll stand down here for half an hour, and you can swim. None of the other children move. I scream, run off of the thing and jump in. And I, and then, like, everyone's just staring at me. I'm like, he said we could. Let's go, people. We've got half an hour. <laughs> like, this is me as a child. Amazing. So, <clears throat> the real story here is, forget that. I'm just remembering these are the two reasons why I was on the shit list and probably got in a lot of trouble. For yeah. The, now, the can real we thing. go to the French village? Because that sounds like Beauty and the Beast. We went to the, it. it was. We went to the French village. Yeah. And when you're in these sort of provincial. Little town. Provincial town. It's a quiet village. Yeah, daytime. I'm there feeling like mm-hmm. Belle mixed with Gaston. I'm just going to sing it. Actually, will you? In the Please, yeah. Like the one before. So I'm walking along. Little town. I have a basket. Full of little people. I took a basket. Waking up to say. Bonjour. 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 Exactly like that. Cut to. In these villages, you go to the market and there's a chicken in a cage, some rabbits, some ducks, and there you pick your bird, you pick your rabbit, murder. Get your cheese. In front of you. They kill it right oh. there. Oh. They kill it right there, skin it for you, do everything. Oh. Fresh. Farm to table. Literally fresh. Literally fresh. Do you have to watch it? Can they take it in the back and do it? Or no, is it like... You, if you did that in that setting, they would... It's rude if you don't watch. Oh my God, you're pathetic. You may as well say you're a vegetarian. You know, it's it's in France. I feel like there's still a very kind of... Adapt or just don't. No, we don't want to see our food being killed in America. Yeah. That's too that's too realistic. Too real. So wow. So which did you choose? As a and why were you guys choosing food? Were you having to cook your own dinner at the chateau or something? We weren't doing that. So. We would go to like trips to the zoo and I'd protest. Like I was very animal, except for on Sundays when I got nuggies. Well, chicken nuggies have nothing to do with a chicken. It's totally unrelated. Yeah, and so. at that time it really wasn't even chicken meat. I don't think. No, I don't just, think like, that it really is chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Mushed up, genetically salt, engineered and sugar. It's like that rug, you know. It's just yeah, like mushed in up a nugget. rug with salt <laughs> yeah. and pepper and some flavoring. So we're at the market. The girls are freaking out. Nobody's prepared us for this. We're all just mortified. These little ducks. Oh, no. Baby ducklings, ducklings. Bunnies. Or just fluffy bunnies. Easter animals. Easter animals. Ripe to be murdered in front of our eyes. So some of us got together and we decided, no, we're not it's having putting it. A stop to <laughs> yes. We are putting a stop to this. Ancient tradition. <laughs> Thousands of year old tradition. Right now. These little kids. Now, wait, did you have clothes on at this point? Yeah, yeah, we had clothes okay. on. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I freaked and ran. Like, I'm like, get me out of there. I can't even look at this. I can't be near it. I'm freaking out. I'm going to cry. Like, very emotional. So some of the cool girls decide they're going to buy as many animals as they can afford and save them yes yeah which they did they did and obviously i couldn't help myself i was like take all my money save the animals so they did they bought the animals they went up because they could speak french bought the animals somehow got them back to the bus back to the chateau oh without being seen. No. We had a bunny and we had ducks. <laughs> duck family. And they stowed them in their room. And I was like, I've been in so much trouble on this trip. I can't be associated with this physically, even though I paid for the liberation <laughs> of the animals. I can't be involved in this. I'm going to get expelled again. <laughs> This is my favorite story ever. So I'm like, keep it away from me. I don't want to know anything about it. 
it's this beautiful grey bunny. It's so cute. The ducks are so yellow. Oh. Well, some of the No, what happens? (laughs) Does something bad happen to these animals? Okay, okay. Some of the nerd girls find out about the animals and they tell on us. What? They go to the teachers and they tell them that we've bought and liberated these animals from the French market and we've got them under our beds. Nazis. Bitches. And For what? I was going to name them then, but I won't. Name them. Let them be named. There was one in specific girl who... Can we know first names? It's pretty... It's a pretty... I need to put a name to evil for my own sanity. Stop. on us. Of course her name is... Screw you, Yes. Fucking bitch. Hope you karmically made up for that. Actually, no, she didn't do anything wrong. She just dogged on us. She actually didn't Did she even do- know when she was doing that? Yes, of course she, she did okay. know what she was doing. Right, I'm not giving her the benefit of the doubt. And then there was this other girl who I think her name was... Ugh. And they were so judgy towards us all the time because they were, like, clever. Duckling killers. Murderers. They didn't murder anyone. So, so- anyway, they dogged on us. And as a... As punishment this is what the teachers did as punishment we obviously all got a bollocking mine wasn't as severe because i'd only given money i wasn't part of the adduction how can that be a punishment didn't they understand what you had been trying to do yeah but also we bought lives we were planning to take livestock on the ferry how could you punish a child for buying livestock because you didn't want it to get killed how could you punish a child do you know the message that sends or the confusion that causes yeah, I think there was some there was a level of understanding of why we'd done it. Okay. My problem is in the way that it was handled was that they took the bunny away from the girl from my group of girls mm. and the ducklings and they gave them to the nerds to look after. And then the nerds got to name them. So our bunny and ducklings that we had paid for and we had liberated and kept alive for many days and loved was given to the nerds who told on us they were rewarded for being narcs. Wow. And they called the bunny survivant, survivor. Okay, bitch, well, it wouldn't have been a survivor if we hadn't been at the market. So I don't think it's appropriate to call it survivor. And also it's not appropriate for you to name it. Should be called whatever the French is for someone else's fucking rabbit. (laughs) I'm going to look it up right now. Commercial break. (laughs) Okay, here's the French translation. God, I can't. I don't even know what that word is. Kellen Dortra base le lapin. And also. That rabbit's probably dead now because of you. Anyway, that's I just needed to get that off my chest. Why did you think of that this week? Because I've been thinking about being in trouble by association. All linked in probably to. Me. You know, <laughs> No, the crash and feeling like I it's my fault in some way and looking back at my life. And also, since the boys have died, I've had a lot of sort of weird energy in my direction from, I won't say like low, I've, I've had way more good, positive, supportive energy in my direction, but there's been some vibes, you know. Ryan and I had been working with a group of people with our company and... After the accident, they contacted one of the people that work for me and Ryan and said that they didn't want to have contact with me because they felt that I was involved in witchcraft and the occult. And I've had some vibes like that to do with my spirituality, to do with the way I express myself, the language I use. That is not traditional grief language, not traditional 
love language, death language, life language, spirituality language. I've definitely had some bad vibes from people and everyone's entitled to their own opinions and their own experiences, as am I. And I think that that's just really been on my mind. And, you know, like with any death, there is always going to be drama, controversy, usually when it's a death like this, I'd mm-hmm. say, or unexpected. And, you know, with my dad, I've had my fair share of, of that. And here I am in a situation where it's it's been mostly fine, but there's been some spicy stuff. And I, as a child, felt very judged. I felt I wasn't heard, listened to. Um, I felt misunderstood a lot and I was mm-hmm. it's not wasn't just a feeling I really was misunderstood and that continues in my life um and it's not anything that I will allow to affect me and when you choose a path that's a bit different you're always going to be scrutinized for that so I think that some of my language and some of my actions and the way that I'm handling my grief is uncomfortable for people and so I get a little bit of heat for that mm. and so I was thinking about times in my life where I felt really misunderstood and patterns and what can I look at? Are there situations I'm getting myself into? What are those? What habits do I need to break? Have they been there since childhood? So sort of looking back. And one of the things that I looked at is me being out there with who I am and that getting me in trouble, even if I'm doing the same thing as somebody next to me who is appearing to be conventional, prim, proper, all of those things. And obviously the attention is on me because I'm a bit different in in whatever way it is. You know, when I was really young, my sister said to me, Annabelle, if you are going to choose the path less trodden, Mm -hmm. understand that you're going to struggle. Yeah, that comes with it. And... And, and that's all, you know, I've just been thinking about that and looking at that. And, you know, did I need to give my money to liberate Grey Rabbit and Fluffy Ducks? No. Do I regret it? No. Would I be angry at my child for doing it? No. But it got me in trouble. Well, there's your answer. I mean, I was going to ask you the things when you were a kid and also the things that you encounter now. Is it worth it? Yeah. And I think the answer is hell yeah. Flashing the fishing boat, not worth it. Really Why? fun. Why? It was fun. It really was fun. Come on, I think it was worth it. Who cares? Because as a child, at the time, I didn't understand that it was a child's body. You know, all of those things. I didn't understand that. To me, I just thought it was fucking hilarious. I think what you give by being that way is you give others a challenge because... In the flashing thing, Mm. instead of them punishing you, they could have taken the time to say, well, why is she doing that? Well, she saw her dad do it. She thought it was funny. And just ask the question. Just ask the question. Figure out why somebody's doing something instead of punishing them or condemning them for it. And how often do we do that in our heads constantly? Instead of taking the time to understand each other, we just condemn and judge each other. Yeah. In a friendship, you know, like you and I, we've we've had conversations where one of us has done something and the other one doesn't like it, but mm-hmm. we have to go, okay, I love this person, so I'm going to take the time to look at why they did that mm-hmm. instead of just going, well, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think if we all did that more, I don't know, it, but it starts with the self, doesn't it? It's yeah. why did I do that? Understanding right. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're looking at yourself in that way, instead of, oh, I did that, I'm a failure. Mm. Well, why did I do that? Yeah. Why did you flash a boat? Well, because my dad used to come on the tour bus next to us and flash us. That's you right. Know, it's not complicated. <laughs> yeah, but obviously as a kid, I wouldn't have known to say that. We don't know to say that when yeah. we were a kid, no. Um, to me, it's just like, because I thought it would be hilarious, obviously. <laughs> like, I mean. Well, what you going back to what you just said about, um, somebody coming at you and 
speaking about you with words like witchcraft. Yeah. That is unbelievable to me. It was really hard to absorb that for me. It was cruel, I think, to say that to me, having literally, I've just lost my husband weeks Incredibly ago. inappropriate. Very and, inappropriate, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think uh, it stirred something ancient in me. Something ancient was awakened. I felt a persecution feeling. And I couldn't understand. Because obviously, it's somebody saying that to me is hilarious and ridiculous. It's completely insane. It is. It's really 20, 21. I was gonna... And I'm being accused of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, absurd. So it really did stir something old feeling in me. And it's not the first time in my life I've been called a witch. Hmm. And at first I was all butthurt about it. Mm. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it. I am a witch. Maybe I'm a witch. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. I'm having a good time. (laughs) You know, like... If I'm a witch, then fine. If that's what you think, if that's what I am, if that's what my practices and my beliefs make me, Mm -hmm. okay. And what we are labeled by others is none of our business. Yeah. And none of our problem. Yeah. It it says everything about them. I've had so many labels. It's, It's one thing that I think is so triggering for me still from childhood and just in general is being misunderstood. Hmm. I find it so hard. It's a real challenge in my life and I'm so much better at it now. But as soon as I am mislabeled and misunderstood in that way, the little girl in me, immediately I turn into a child. Hmm. I just go baby mode. I'm just like, so sad and scared <laughs> like that's how I feel yeah it's sad been, and frightened it's been a lifelong <laughs> theme it really has for you. it really has you know I think some of my labels have been witch that's been a big one slut which is really interesting and I'm figuring that one out still um as a child I was called a slut by adults Imagine a a 12-year-old slut and um, slut, witch, uh, brat, a spoiled brat. And I I can be bratty and snotty-nosed. For me, that's the rebellious streak in me. I like, I love, for instance, when people protest and they like set stuff on fire, it makes me (laughs) so happy. Like it gets me going. It gets my juices going. And I'm like, yes, fucking burn it down. That's the brattiness in me. Mm -hmm. It's not like I want a Louis Vuitton bag. Mm. It's like burn it down. (laughs) Like I think that's my, the rebellious like, anarchist kind of thing in me so yeah witch slut brat what i would like it to be okay this is interesting okay yeah yeah, yeah. let's do this and i want you to do it as well okay so our labels are so for me it's wit it's witch slut brat freak witch okay witch i would love for it to be a, a deep spiritual person. Someone who loves nature, who identifies with the stories about druids and worshipping the earth. Slut. Somebody who is very sensual, sexual. Again, this links back to the earth thing, like, Sexual isn't the right word for me. I would say sensual is the feeling that I have. I find the grass, if I'm lying in a field of grass or touching a tree in a certain way or the way the wind blows across my body, it's a sensual feeling. Um, Brat. 
I think for me is seeing the other side of the story. It's water and fire to me. For every power structure, there is a group of people who want to burn it down. That to me is beautiful and it's life. And that's what happened. It's the same. It's the exact thing that I love that is what happens to me. People want to bring me down or bring you down or bring each other down. Mm. It's That's a cycle that I see as very natural human and I just love to see it on a big scale. Okay, brat, rebel. I'd rather it was rebel. Outspoken. Unafraid. Freak. Uh, different. And that's nice. Mm-hmm. So that's how I would like my negative labels to be interpreted because that's how I interpret them. When they come to me, I'm like, oh, this is what that person is seeing. And sure, they're seeing it in a negative way. But for me, it's a positive thing. And this is what it is. And this is why. What are your labels, you think? Yeah, of course. I've had many labels in my life, too. A lot have been repeated many many times yeah, by different people I by mean, different for people me, that's my experience people unconnected unconnected all over the world <laughs> and that's what happens when you get it repeated by different people mm-hmm. you the trap is to go well shit it must be true yeah so for me my main ones have been weird yeah dramatic mm-hmm slut yeah there's like so many voices in my head right now just yelling things yeah, at me time, I mean. there's so many aren't there let's take those three so weird Good. weird weird really hurts my feelings does it yeah i love when people call me weird tell me why it hurts your feelings because if you're weird, you're misunderstood and you're not, I don't know. I think I might know. What? <laughs> if you're misunderstood, sto- storytelling and communication is very important to you and it's yeah. your job mm-hmm. to accurately tell the story. Mm-hmm. And my total uh, amateur analysis of what you've just said is that it could make you feel to be misunderstood and unable to communicate clearly, like a failure. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I wouldn't want to be anything like most people. Mm. So I'm sitting here wondering, well, why would I care if I'm weird? Because the opposite of weird would be what? Normal. And what is normal? Please, let's not even go there. Normal people terrify, terrify me. Terrify me. <laughs> and so me. They're, mur- they're killers. They are. They <laughs> yeah. are. I don't want anything to do with normal people. So, But there's me labeling someone yeah, else. Weird. See, we yeah. can't get away it's, from it. It's yeah, just yeah. how our brains make sense of the world. We label. That's all we do all day long to each other, to ourselves. Well, so we have to, to understand yeah. everything as we move through the world. So let me do a little, the, the exercise. Weird, I'd like it to be unique. Yeah. And innovative. And curious and imaginative. Love those words for you. And agree with them completely. Dramatic. I take a lot of pride of being dramatic, but I think what so people, you like that about yourself. I like it about myself, but people say it as a put down. Yes. They say, God, you're so dramatic. And what they're really trying to say is passionate. Yeah. And invested. I think what when people say you're so dramatic, they're saying be smaller so I can just be a bit more comfortable if you don't mind. That's right. Literally, I've never thought you were dramatic. Not one time. But have I thought you were passionate? Absolutely. So, yeah, dramatic to me is passionate, invested. Yeah. Free. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. Emotional. Yeah. Slut. I think most women are called sluts. Yeah. Sure. Most women have been called a slut at some point, I would mm-hmm. imagine. 
To me, slut is, I love love. Yeah. I love. Are you a romantic? I am, but I have hidden it so deeply Aww. so that it doesn't get hurt. Yeah. That I have forgotten how romantic I am. And and do you like romance in your direction as well as you oh being God, a I love romantic it. Person? I love it. I love men to be men and women to be women. That's why I'm marrying Will because Will is the most chivalrous man I've ever mm. met. And he holds the door, he opens the door, he pays, he makes me tea in bed, he has flowers in the house for me all the time, he writes oh. me cards for no reason. Oh, he doesn't. He rubs my feet. Oh. He, I mean, the list is endless, but he said to me, it's so powerful to be with a woman who allows me to be the man. He said, in England, he encountered many women who would say to him, I don't need you to hold the door for me. That's very sexist and male chauvinistic. Uh, I'm a strong woman uh, and I can open my own door. And I yeah, think- Yeah, I can open my own door too. I don't want to. I don't I want, want to. to that's, a man's, that's a man's respect I am tired. <laughs> I need hold the fucking door open. But to me, and we, you talked about this before in last week's episode, I think there's a major misunderstood on what feminism is. Yeah. Feminism does not mean wipe the man out and don't let him treat you as a woman. It doesn't mean that. Yeah. It means allow yourself to be a woman and to be treated as yeah. a queen. Yeah. So right now, you're talking in very like binary terms and you're saying a man is a man and a woman is a woman. So my my reaction to that is what does that mean to you? Because are you straight? I am very straight. Okay, so I am what would, I think, in today's terms be considered pansexual, which is you don't really, you'll go anywhere. Like, I don't care if you're a, you identify as male or female. I don't care if you have a penis or a vagina or neither or both. None of that, it's all, none of it matters to Mm -hmm. me. I am, as I said, like a very sensual person and I am attracted to and turned on by so many different things not even people just people Mm. and I was in the bookstore the other day and I was like so horny at the bookstore and I was literally like touching the shelves and I was like I felt like I was on mushrooms I'm like what is going on in here that happens to me if I go to a castle or a ruin of something I'm like I have to have sex I have to have sex on this thing (laughs) I'm not even bookish (laughs) Like, I like reading, but I'm not like a... You're way more bookish than me. Oh, in bookstores? I want to have sex all over that place. On the books. Yeah. With the books. I was in a Cloverfield (laughs) the other day, and I was like... I felt like I... I was like, I want to this field to be inside of me. (laughs) This castle needs to be in me. It needs to enter me. Yes. Um, So... (laughs) I so for me I can't relate to you saying I can't I know what you're saying and I think what you're saying is that like the heterosexual cisgendered male role traditional you like that for you that's what you want to accommodate your traditional cisgendered heterosexual identity as a woman that you have um, what does cis mean? Cis means you identify as... I can't even... I don't even know. It, I know. It's very hard to keep up with all of it. You have female genitalia and you identify as a woman. So you identify as the physical thing that you were born as, basically. And I love that for you. And there's something about this time that we're living in right now where there is so much animosity towards heterosexual cisgendered people and I think it's it's a kickback to the fact that that's the very we've lived in like a very heteronormative world for a very long time like men and women get married gays can't marry you're a freak if you're trans like or you have both or you're neither or you whatever it is and I think it's just a pushback to that and I get it completely as I said I'm I love those like the seesaw effect of like yeah burn it down you know But I think I just don't like hate of any description towards any group. And I love people like you who want that and love it. 
because it's just another strain of life you know in existence and there is a part of me that loves that as well I love chivalry my dad was extremely chivalrous he would stand if a woman entered the room mm-hmm. and you know all of that mm-hmm. getting the doors for people and and very traditional male things but for me it doesn't have to come from a man it can I just want it from my partner whoever my partner is so I wouldn't necessarily identify it as like a man being a man or a woman being a woman mm-hmm. whoever my partner is that is what I want from them I want them to open the door for me I want them to take care of me I want them to rub my feet and I don't care what the container is that it comes in you're exactly right I totally agree with everything you just said I can only speak from yeah, who I am yeah, yeah, yeah. and totally. who of I course, am as course. a straight yeah. woman. Of course. Apply it to however you yeah. identify. Yeah. The bottom line is that's what we want from our partner. Yeah. Yeah. Whether, whatever your it's partner is. It's not about is, yeah. man and woman. But yeah. listen, however we identify, there are two energies that we all possess. Male energy yeah. and female energy. Yeah. Where you are on that spectrum you're cool, baby. Yeah. Is you is you. Yeah. That's you. That's your own, you know, that's yeah. you you. That's incredible, yeah. glorious you. Yeah. Do you find yourself drawn to I personally cannot stand like manly men or hyper feminine women. It's a huge turn off for me as not just I don't mean like in a sexual sense, I mean in a person sense. I am only attracted to and enjoy being around people who embody both yeah um that's something I've learned about myself is it's really important to me it is that they embody both I think you're right because I'm firing on both furnaces most well I think that like I just said we all embody both yeah so that's truthful yeah that's truth when somebody is skewed Mm -hmm. in a very extreme one way or the other way I think that's a bit of a facade. Like it, it's it's not real. And that's why it feels something. uncomfortable yeah. because you, you can feel that this person pushed. is pushing it in in an extreme yeah. direction. Yeah. It's being... Ba- it's baby voice, playboy mansion, Disney girl. Yeah, macho, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And my partners have always been comfortable yeah. in their own skin. yeah. With wherever they are on the spectrum, let's call yeah, it, of no, human, I agree. Of spectrum, human yeah. existence. I think gender is a spectrum. Yeah, and Will, there's he's he's very feminine yeah. in a lot of ways. I like that about him. A lot of people have called him gay. Right. Because he moves in a certain way that to me is magical. Yeah. I call it eccentric. Yeah. I always say, you're very eccentric in the way you move. I compare him a lot to Freddie Mercury and Mick yeah. Jagger. Yeah. Mick Jagger's straight, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's straight, but he loves women. Yeah, well, wherever he is. Mick Jagger fucks. Yeah. (laughs) So Will moves, you know, his hand movements and he's... He's calm. He's graceful that way. And that's just who he is. And I adore that about him. Yeah. But that has been a a thing of misunderstanding about him and his life. He's been called gay a lot. I like that you called it graceful. That's so beautiful. To me, he's beautiful and powerful. And and I just love that about him. So you see what I mean? Yes. It's it's not that... To be a chivalrous man, you do not... That does not mean macho. doesn't have to be ooga booga. No. It's not manly man, I'm the man, yeah. and you're the woman. No, no. And yeah. I'm very masculine in a lot of ways. I am not a girly girl. I'd say I wish I, would I was. I would never but... <laughs> describe you as masculine, but I would definitely say that you have, like, strong masculine energy. I do. That you are able and happily inhabit at right. any given time. I also find you to be incredibly feminine, and I would describe you as girly. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I would. I mean, I always look at your, you know, the bows you wear and the, and the, the frilly stuff and and the jewelry. Look at me; I don't wear any jewelry. Yeah, that's because when I put jewelry on, I feel not authentic to myself. Huh, interesting. And I wish I could wear jewelry, but I just I feel like I'm putting on a facade when I yeah. do it. It's not something that I 
feel good about with expressing myself. Yeah. I love owning jewelry. I love the big pieces and the, yeah. the juicy jewels and all that. But I just don't look that way physically. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. we, I think it's important to loosen up these constraints that we think a man and a woman are. And just taking my own relationship and looking at it, we are both on the spectrum of feminine, masculine, and at different places. But like you said, the bottom line is from your partner. What do you, you want, want? That respect and that you want to be cherished. Yeah, I mean, some people don't, but you do. I do. I'm very much that way. I do. I need. I that. like my partner to be obsessed with me. Me too. Obsessed as I am with them. Exactly. And when you're giving that to each other, you're both fulfilled. Best. So why do we start talking about that? I was talking about back to your label. Slut. slut. What would you prefer slut to be? I love sex. Love. Do you love sex? I have issues with sex. <laughs> that I um, salacious episode. Going to meetings for. Um. Are you? <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know this about you. Well, this is a big reveal. No, for I me. Did. Okay, well, I have I haven't gone to meetings in years, but I am definitely trying to learn about what my sexual tie-ups are. No pun intended. Because <laughs> it's been it's been. An interesting journey for me in, in in the sex world. At a very young age, I learned about sex because of what I was exposed to growing up mm-hmm. uh, in the rock and roll world. Mm-hmm. Back I, of the bus vibes. I learned what sex was, quote unquote, at an age when I should have been exposed to a healthy version of it. And you, yeah. I was exposed to a very... Um, aberrated version same of it and it put me on a path of thinking that that was normal yeah and chasing that because yeah if i could just be that then that's what you're meant to be daddy will love me damn really it wasn't anything to do with him but it was in the world of rock yeah. and roll yeah and so this is what an attractive woman is this is what a woman this is, is appealing exactly this is what the men like yeah blah, blah, blah. yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I and so sex has always been very confusing for me. Really? And I have been able to be promiscuous, no problem. Yeah. That's easy. The easiest thing. The no connection. Yeah. The just ob- objectifying myself yeah. and the other person and not being fed spiritually by it at all. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the point of sex. The point of sex was to control. Mm. Wow. Was to manipulate. Whoa. To get what I wanted. Whoa. Which was love. Whoa. But sex doesn't get love. Absolutely not. <laughs> so but sometimes literally nothing to do with literally it. Literally nothing. Many no. times nothing to do with it. Most times nothing to do with it. <laughs> so that equation didn't work in my life. What's very difficult for me now, being with a loving, committed partner, that's hard for me because that means connection and investing and having to be there. Being in that body of yours. Being vulnerable, being vulnerable physically, being vulnerable emotionally. And what comes up, and I I have to work on this, and, and Will works on it with me, of course, is this rage comes up. And it's that old monster that doesn't- To do with sex. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. This rage comes up and I want to kill the partner that I, I want to kill it. I want to like kill the person. Yeah. It's like this spider vibe. Like, fuck you and then I'm going to eat you. Exactly. Take my babies off. You're not going to get inside of me. Emotion. You know, the, it, no. Wow. That boundary is there. And so I'm really doing a lot of work to undo that and, you know, transform that and get and heal it. God, this is so fascinating. So slut has always been really confusing. Ooh, Sex yeah, has always be been really confusing. Yeah. And yes, you asked if I'm a romantic. Yes. Will is incredibly sentimental and he's been such a, a miracle in my life that way. He's sentimental about everything we've ever done. When he proposed to me, he had a pair of jeans on and mm. we were in the forest in Scotland. And he got down on his knee and there's a grass stain on his jeans. He has not washed them since. He has them folded up 
and saved because those are the jeans that he proposed to me in and they have the grass stain on them. He just told me this yesterday. And he said to me, we are going to buy a scrapbook and it's going to be called the over-sentimental book. And we're going to put everything in there. I picked up a penny yesterday. He said, we're putting it in the over-sentimental book. I love that. I do too. And so exposure therapy. Yeah. And so I just feel like I've got this gift from the universe of this person that's really showing up for me and really helping me heal these things. So what do you want Slut to be rebranded as? I want Slut to be rebranded as Lover. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got such a smile on my face. I'm a lover. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. I love that. The body thing's really interesting and it's something I've been thinking about so much you know how you know, I say it every week I feel like I've been born again since this crash it's everything now that I'm past this the crazy bit of the grief that's at the beginning where it's like mentally at, at war now it's like I'm learning this new person and it's like my body is a new body and I'm like oh it's like I've woken up and I've got like a new body everything looks different the clothes feel different like I said to you I was in a clover field the other day in a bookshop and it's like this is all new these are new old feelings if that makes sense and that sounds weird no I it does make a lot of sense you're doing everything for the first time. Yeah, and everything again. Is, yeah, everything the first time again, and it's like, wow. As this new person with this new reaction to things, and all the sensations are different, and it's not just like sensual, sexy stuff. It's also, you know, you've I'm sure you've seen. I've been doing lots of um, physical activities. Mm-hmm. And I am a woman from a Jane Austen novel. I want to sit and read and sew and drink tea and take a turn around the room. Maybe I'd like to go and promenade, as they said. Oh, Jesus, that's where I am now. You know, that is the type of person I am. Well, was, sorry, was. And I still have that feeling in me, but it's like I cannot do enough physical things with my body. I'm doing pole dancing. I've started taking riding lessons again. I'm doing boxing lessons. And all of these things is just like, I'm feeling and seeing all these new bits of my body. And like, when I did the pole dancing the other day, my biggest takeaway from it was the way it like stretched out my body from hanging all my weight off the pole like that. And it felt like blood was going through places that blood has never been or something. Everything is just new. How exciting. Yeah, it's really weird and beautiful. Really beautiful feeling. It's a lot. Exhausting. But I feel like I'm like learning to walk again or something. You know, it's... I think it's a really natural next step for you because... This grieving process has taken such a physical toll on your body of holding on to all the grief and all the weight of it for not just Ryan, but Max. So times two. Yeah. Your body was so overwhelmed by this experience and by all the stages that you've gone through so far. It has to release it somehow. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm sure you have put all that together. Yeah. But the reason that you feel the desire to go out and do those things is because your body needs to expel what it's been holding. Mm. It needs to feel it. I need to feel it as well. And that's the thing is, is I I was talking to my therapist about this the other day. A lot of people say they like to do exercise because they like to get out of their head. That is not the feeling I'm having. It's not at all that. I am somebody, I want to get in my head. I want to root around in there and be in my head. Mm. It's that I want to be in my body. 
not out of my head, in my body. And well, that's the other half of it is that, yes, your body took on all this stress, but you also left your body. Yes. Yep. 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 yep and yep, you yep. weren't able to exist there yeah. very easily. So now that you are returning to your body yeah. as this new person. Yeah. Exactly. It's not so. Yeah, it has nothing. It's it's the opposite for you. It's mm. not that you want to vacate yourself or your head or your body. It's that mm. you are returning to yourself mm. and your head and your body as mm. this new person. Mm. And the physical things are allowing you to do that, to unite with it again. Mm. And it's all new. Yeah. It's all an adventure as if you were doing it for the first time. Yeah, it really is. What a gift. And yeah. I would never wish on anybody to have to go through what you've been through to receive that gift. But that is a beautiful thing. I think I deserve a bit of a cookie. So if that's I the cookie, I'll deserve. take it. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense as well because I'm in this new phase of grief where it's not the choppy, tumultuous war zone I was living in. It's like a sticky place where I'm not in that initial phase anymore that was violent. It's like now it's cruising. And now I'm not fighting anything anymore. You remember I said to you, it felt, it felt like I was wrestling death on the floor. Yeah, you've said that many times. And then I stood up and I realized there was nothing there. And there's never been anything there. And now I'm looking around and going, there's nothing here. So the fight's over, the light's shining in the window, and here we are. And this is where we are. This is where we're going to be. And now I have to exist in that space. And it's the last week has been pretty griefy for that reason, because I'm just settling into the silence and the dust in a way. Um, Do you think that's a bit of an acceptance? Yeah, I think it's acceptance. I think it's learning. I'm learning how to move around this room in my house, house being me. I'm learning the room and understanding that it's, that it, this is my house now. And this room is here forever. So it doesn't matter how much I try and smash it up or shut the door. Whether I'm in the room or not, the light's coming through the window. Mm -hmm. Whether I'm in the room or not, dust is gathering. So I have a choice. I can go in there and open the curtains and dust and exist and put flowers in the vase. Or I can pretend it's not there. Well, I'm not doing that. And that quietness of that new room is tricky. Because it's been very noisy up until this point. That's one of the things that I was speaking about recently was the noise of the crash has been in my head constantly as if I was there they weren't even there so I'm not imagining what they heard because it was over so quickly for them but I have been hearing it and It's going away, and now you hear, we're sitting here in my kitchen, you can hear the birds singing, and I'm going, okay. And that's just the zone I'm in, and it's sort of come in tandem with this new body stuff, I think, because I am no longer wrestling on the floor. I'm just in my body, in the room. It's directly what we're saying about these old labels. When you asked me what my labels were, Voices started yelling mm -hmm. at me. Mm -hmm. That was shocking. Yeah. The noise of that. Yeah. By redefining those labels, the noise goes away. Mm -hmm. So it's all a process of silencing the noise. Mm. And the only way to do that is to sit with ourselves and introspect yeah. and ask, why is that there? What is that? 
oh, this is the reason for it. When you get to the reasons for things, the noise ceases, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think when you understand what it is you're hearing, where it's coming from, you have the ability to turn it down or switch it off or change the record. Because if you don't go through that process, the noise just becomes the way that you think life is. You don't even hear well, it yeah, anymore. Yeah, it becomes a soundtrack to your life. You don't even know it's there. And, you're t- and it's playing all the time. You know, so that's the thing, is the silence now. And just going, okay. That seems why that childhood memory has been on your mind. And you said it tied in with the crash. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot to do with that noise. Yeah. And where you're at now and the grief. Yeah. Of a quiet room. Mm. I've just decided that there's going to be bunnies in the room. A little grey bunny hopping across the floor. I like that. It's really nice. That's a nice visual. <laughs> this is Annabelle's bunny. <laughs> His name is Not Your Fucking Bunny. <laughs> in French. <laughs>